show on UDTFM. Here's Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your host, Jake Trowbridge and Dustin Lunt. Welcome back to DTFF, everyone. Happy Tuesday evening. We are back. We're better than ever. We're here to help you win championships because that's what it's all about. Uh, We've got another great episode for you all this evening. Uh, We're looking at some players that we're expecting to have bounce backs here the second half of the season and kind of looking ahead at planning for the fantasy playoffs a little bit and which of these players can help you, you know, get yourself into the playoffs, but maybe even win you that ship. Uh, so it should be a good topic of conversation this evening. Uh, but before we get into it, I got to say hello to my co-host, Jacob. How are you doing this evening, sir? So good. That's why I gave you a salute. And everything. Uh, we're we're in the thick of it. We're planning for our own fantasy playoffs. I know in our home league, and it's getting dicey. This is the most contentious home league situation I think we've had since I've been a part of the league mm-hmm. for like seven years at this point. And I'm just excited to hopefully reign triumphant at the end of this thing. Or damn it, I'm going to go down swinging. Either way. So this is a useful episode for me is what I'm trying to say here. I need this information just as much as anybody else does. Well, you can always hold on to that hope, Jake. <laughs> I can and I will. Albert, welcome into the chat, by the way. Hopefully you're holding on hope in your leagues as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How are you doing? I can't complain. Uh, you know, sitting here talking fantasy football with with my bestie, so yeah, what's not to love about this uh, life Very right few now? Things. Very yeah, few exactly. things not to love about it. You know what you have to love even more? I won't jump ahead. I want to. I just want to rip the Band-Aid off and pay out no, my no, shot from last You got to let it marinate a little bit. You got to just wallow in the in the it'll, loss. But it'll be that's right. Well, before uh, I do that, I'll tell you, I am drinking this delightful little... Uh, ale. I had it over the weekend when we were watching the Packers. It's called Lake Crusher. It's a mixed berry uh, ale. I guess technically it's like a Kolsch from Summit's Brewing. It is refreshing as all get out. I would argue just as good of a summer beverage as it is a winter beverage because it has the berry kind of effervescence Mm -hmm. to it. Very, very nice. Yeah, that sounds really, really tasty. I'm a little jealous. I'm... uh... Drinking Amber Spirits this evening. I've got a, a couple fingers of Gentleman Jack. Uh, I know. Trying to switch it up a little bit. Uh, become a little bit more cultured with my palate. Uh, moving You're away so from beer. Fancy. Yeah, it is It is delicious. Mm-hmm. Got it on my trip uh, this summer when we went to visit the distillery. And decided it would be a perfect night to pull that out and get a lot of your whiskey. Home attitude that you have now Jeez. that's right you should be wearing a crevasse <laughs> or something i think when you're drinking that that's what they call that right it's like uh it's not a scarf but a cravat yeah i yeah, believe so cravat. okay all right i think i know things i know things sometimes here's what i don't know i don't know how to pick the right player <laughs> in a shop that i'm moving this right into it damn it i want to pay this thing off for blasting it was, I felt so good about it. I posed this one, which means, of course, it's your turn this week. But 
I posed Keenan Allen versus Amon Ross St. Brown straight up fantasy points in full PPR. I Which was a nice matchup. That, that, that's a nice yeah. matchup. You know, it, it, it really could have went either way. It really could have. It could have. And I, I thought it was going to go my way when I looked and saw Amon Ross St. Brown's 30 and a half fantasy points. But I should have known if anybody can outscore that, it's going to be Keenan Allen. And he wrecked it. 40 and a half fantasy points. Yeah. Fuck, Hayden. I thought we were pals. Uh, that was an excellent choice on your part. And so I must say, Dustin, you are an amazing fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Cheers. Oh, thank you. I know I said it last week, but it never gets old hearing that. Yeah, I bet. And you hear it quite often. So you're the authority, I would say, on whether or not it does get old. Oh. So any exciting news NFL-wise you think we should discuss? I, I know I'm personally excited for my my home league here. Uh, David Achan, has, uh, they've opened up Kevin. the 20, 21-day. Is that what I said? That's what I said. You said David. David? Yeah. It's not David. It's Devin. That's, that's what I said. You always contradict me. Uh, <laughs> Goonies reference for any of you out there that caught that. Um, the 21 day window has opened for him to be moved off IR and into the lineup. So probably won't happen this weekend, I'm guessing, uh, but probably the following week. So getting very excited to see him back on the field because he was just electric before he got uh, injured. And most are has slowed down a little bit. So I'm expecting that he would get a good chunk of the workload right away coming back and um, see those, all those highlight reels again. That was, that was a lot of fun missing out on that this season. Yeah. It's Hey, I mean, be happy. I guess that you get it back in time for the fantasy playoffs. That's going to be super helpful or prepping for the fantasy playoffs. At least wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That's our episode. Uh, I will mention just very briefly that Michael Carter got cut from the Jets backfield mm -hmm. kind of out of nowhere today. So Brees Hall, fingers crossed, this just gives him a little bit of an extra boost on like two minute warning kind of situations. You know, the two minute drills, maybe a little mm -hmm. bit of extra pass catching work. So that's that's real nice for us. Brees managers out there yeah is there anywhere that you see michael carter going because he's going to get picked up he's young he sure. had a really you know before Brees hall was drafted by the jets looked like he was going to have a very promising career uh and then that obviously got derailed so is there any spot that you would like to see him go to or do you think there's a team that needs immediate running back help that he could become fantasy relevant the fantasy relevance is where I struggle. I think there's a bunch of teams that could use somebody like Michael Carter. The Vikings bring to mind right away with uh, Cam Akers' injury mm -hmm. from a couple of weeks ago. I, I don't know that they really want Ty Chandler to be the next guy. He is currently. Right. So I could see him landing there. Even if he does, I don't know that he's going to be incredibly useful. Of course, we always want somebody to go to the Chiefs just to be attached to that offense, but same deal. I don't think you'd be incredibly useful there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think probably the Vikings is that most logical spot. Um, obviously hurts Alexander Madison if that does happen, because we we're all excited that once, not excited, but we realized once Cam went down, 
the backfield was basically his and he was going to be the one man show there again. So really kind of gave him a boost with his fantasy value, but uh, remains to be seen here what happens. So um, just a name to keep an eye on uh, with your waiver wire and um, as things progress, if he does get picked up and, you know, you start to hear some steam, don't be afraid to spend spend a little fab on him to add him to your roster here. For sure. All right, dare we jump into our most favorite segment of all of the segments that we've ever segmented? We dare. Drunk, 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 hammered, drunk, 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 trade of the week. Where do we have to go back to? You know where we have to go back to. It's Reddit time. Our favorite spot. Coming to us from Reddit user. Uh, oh, this is not the right one. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to have to vamp here. I know I downloaded the correct slide. This is just a recap of last week's drunk trade, Dustin. This is a big psych out moment for me. I apologize. I'm rude. All right. Here's the actual new trade that we're going to talk about. By the way, if you missed last week's drunk trade, it was a doozy coming from that one with the boobs. Uh, we still appreciate you. We still are happy that you submitted. But for the mm-hmm. time being, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> We're going on to the newest drug trade of the week uh, as I upload here. By the way, Dustin, this is just me vamping. But have you made a drunk trade recently? I felt like you were on the precipice of making one. I was. Uh, no, yeah. my trading has really uh, stalled out here in the middle of the season, um, mainly because... The teams I'm tanking on, it's kind of a waiting period for those teams that are going to be making the playoffs and making that mm. playoff push to kind of get some players, you know, that last minute extra points on their squad. So, so I'm kind of in a holding pattern there. And then I'm not really in a great position as far as being a contender. So I'm just, I'm kind of in this holding pattern at the moment. All right. Will you be ready to report back for a drunk trade if and when it happens? And we will discuss sir, yes, it in sir. this very segment. In the meantime, this was just a really good transition into our chat question from George Play 01. Has a trade question for us here. And now let's get to that first. It says, hey, guys, should I trade Kenneth Walker for Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, or Tony Pollard? So worried about the Seahawks schedule for the playoffs. This is a non-PPR redraft league. Dustin would you trade him for any of the three? And if so, which would be top of mind? Um, I don't know that I would trade him, especially in non-PPR. I mean, yeah, they have Charbonnet there, but he really hasn't been overly involved. And as long as Kenneth Walker stays healthy, I think he's going to be the guy. The only one that I would look at even, even remotely is maybe Bijan. Um, but again, I don't I don't know what their playoff schedule is like, so I can't really speak to um, how that looks. But I would probably just stick with Kenneth Walker for right now. Uh, Gibson Pollard, I just don't have a lot of trust in, especially in, uh, you know, a standard standard scoring league. I have zero trust in Tony Pollard in all formatted leagues. <laughs> Even if this was full PPR, I would be staying far, far away from Tony Pollard personally. And I agree with Bijan. Yeah, he got the workload this past week. That's wonderful. Uh, We do not, I think, 
still trust Arthur Smith enough to say that that would be the going rate going forward. So here's the uh, the week 14 through 17 matchups, depending on when your playoffs actually are. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker. So he's got the 49ers in week 14. That's a rough one. He's got the Eagles in week 15. He's got the Titans in week 16. Another rough one for uh, rushing running backs there. And then week 17, he's got Pittsburgh, which I think is fine. It's not a great stretch. I, mm-hmm. I fully admit that. Um, I just... I look at this, if I was going to trade for anybody, for me, it would be Gibbs because there's still big play potential there. So it doesn't have to be a PPR situation. But I also expect Dave Montgomery to get worked in more than he was this past week coming back. Yeah. So I, do, I agree. I think that the best out of this situation is still Kenneth Walker from a consistency standpoint, even with those matchups. And for what it's worth, we did see Najee Harris and Jalen Warren actually do quite good things against the Titans a couple of weeks That's ago. That's right. So if they can do it, hey, Kenneth Walker could do it too. All right. All right. Well, Jake, that was are you, are, drunk. Are you ready now for the drunk yeah, trade? I'm, I'm ready. I was just vamping a whole lot there. This is from Reddit <laughs> user 49 Divine Day Vacation. I have no idea what that handle means, but it gets the people I think, going. I think it's pretty self-explanatory this person went on a vacation for 49 days and it was divine it was so divine they had to make a reddit handle that's right everybody about it bragging about that's it right. well they're they're also bragging in the drunk trade this week they said i had tried to work a trade throughout the off season with this one guy and it just never materialized i had an all-night bender the saturday before week one kickoff and he reached out to me around 9 a.m. So this would be 9 a.m. Sunday, literally three hours before kickoff in Central Time. Uh, yeah, kickoff in three hours. I hadn't slept, was still nursing a White Claw at that point. Ooh. After an all-night bender, why not go sugar yourself up with a White Claw, I guess? <laughs> but they finally got something worked out in those wee hours. And here's what it is. They gave up PJ Hawkinson, DK Metcalf, Damian Pierce, and Kenny Pickett. This is a one-quarterback dynasty league, by the way. I want to emphasize that. They received Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Kirk Cousins, and Jimmy Garoppolo. So the two-quarterback side is interesting, given the uh, one-quarterback nature of the league. But outside of that, who won this? I think the Diggs side won this, uh, the the side that he received in his all-night bender stupor here. Uh, you're getting two elite wide receivers. Kirk Cousins, up until the injury, was top 10, top 6. I mean, he, he, was, he was playing lights out. Uh, Jimmy G was just kind of a throw-in piece, I guess, if you wanted a backup quarterback. Obviously, he's not playing now and wasn't playing well to begin with. But, I mean, you're just getting the better pieces all around. Kenny Pickett and Jimmy G are kind of interchangeable to me. Damian Pierce hasn't done much this year. We've seen him take a back seat there in Houston. DK has been underperforming. Um, That whole Seattle receiving core has been a little disappointing this season. TJ Hawkinson, the one bright note, uh, he's doing TJ Hawkinson things. But, um, yeah, give me the... I think he uh, came out well on this trade. Yeah, I think that's an understatement. I, I think this is just, <laughs> this is miraculous that you got this done, let alone getting it done after an all-night bender at 9 a.m. 
on no sleep yep. and uh, just good vibes. <laughs> I guess maybe there's something in the confidence of that. Maybe there's the lesson to be learned is if you can't get a trade done with your league mate, you just you just got to remove any sense of logic, you know, get those barriers down in the brain uh, and, and go on a bender. I'm not going to recommend going on a bender to get a trade done, but no, it works out that way. But, it works out that way. That's right. <laughs> well, that was fun. Mm-hmm. So let's get into our main event here. Kind of rest of season, bounce back candidates and who we kind of think can help you in the playoffs. So, uh, Jake, I will hand it over to you to start first. Pick whatever position you want. We'll go one one player, or we'll each take one player at each position, and you lead us off here, sir. All right, I'll lead us off with the money position. Got to happen. I want to talk about Kyler Murray. This is a little bit of a cheat, so I'll get this one out of the way first, because it's a little bit of a cheat, because what's Kyler really bouncing back from? It's obviously his injury. That's mm-hmm. all. It's him bouncing back from being away from our fantasy lineups for the first nine weeks of the season. But if you were courageous enough to pick up Kyler Murray over the last few weeks before he got the legitimate pull-up into the active roster, you were rewarded with a borderline top 10 fantasy finish in his very first week back. And I was uh, very excited. We'll talk about this down the road. I was excited for what he would do with his pass catchers, namely Marquise Brown. Um, well, that didn't all bear out. Seeing Kyler Murray himself be unlimited, as another quarterback in the NFL would say, on the ground, the dude was rushing all over and looked like like injury what? Like mm-hmm. that, it feels like a Berenstein Bears kind of thing of like, is that, did that really happen? Did the injury actually happen or did we make that up in our collective conscious? It did happen. Uh, but Kyler Murray looks so unaffected. And yeah, there's some little bitty bits of rust that we have to worry about in terms of his connections. You know, he just overthrew Marquise Brown in the end zone. Not that I was tracking that diligently, but he did make <laughs> just a couple of off throws and, you know, honestly, that comes with the territory with Kyler mm-hmm. anyhow. It's not like he's this amazingly accurate quarterback. He's very good, but you want his legs, and we saw those legs come back. So going from, uh, I think he was QB 12 this past week, if I'm not mistaken, I would expect him to be a top eight quarterback for the rest of this season. And it feels like maybe he's still the matchup-proof guy that he once was. I would rather have Kyler Murray starting for me the rest of the season than Lamar Jackson. I have Ooh. both of these guys in our home league, but I think I'll be making a nice it. Take. Yeah, that, Lamar, had, you know, he's had some ups and downs, but mm-hmm. Kyler should be straight ahead of him. Yeah, and and you know they're they're not that great a team, so you know they're going to be trying to score points. They're probably going to be playing from behind the rest of the way out here. So, yeah, I like that. I, I mean, I don't think it's that big a cheat because he's only played one week and we really didn't know what to expect. We didn't know if he was going to come back this season. Let's be honest. There there was always that possibility that they would have just sat him for the entire season and it would have been a lost year for him. So the fact that he came back um, basically as soon as the window opened, he was, you know, cleared to play and, and you know, given zero restrictions uh, I think that's great. And yeah, moving forward, yeah, he should easily be within the top 10 any given week here moving forward. Um, 
and, and that's just being conservative on my part. But I, I really like that call. Um, not surprised that you picked him because uh, you were on that bandwagon uh, weeks ago uh, going to pick him up. So, um, yeah, I like that one a lot for you. All right. Who do you like? You don't have to stay at quarterback if you don't want to. I'll, I'll stay at quarterback just, you know, for consistency purposes here. Uh, and this, I'm going to tell you, I struggled. I, I really struggled out of all the positions. This is the one I spent the most time on. Um, cause there were some other ones that I was like, you know, I looked at like T-Law or Burrow, you know, that have had up and down seasons or, you know, with Burrow had a very slow start to the season. But when I started looking ahead at their schedules, um, I did not like what I saw for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, they, and so I kind of shied away from them. So, um, for those of us that are uh, joining us live here, or if you're watching it on YouTube after the fact, you can see that my quarterback is Baker Mayfield, um, which I know sounds gross. It does. It's Baker. Like y- you can't trust him. He's He's been a journeyman, but he has surprisingly been playing well this year. I got off to a little bit of a slow start, but in the last, let's say out of the last six weeks, five weeks, he's been a top 11 quarterback can you believe that jake no i actually well, refuse true. to it is true he he it, this, this is his last um last six games uh the bye week was thrown in there he finished 7 26 11 10 7 10 uh he's been throwing um outside of the the week where he finished 26 overall uh, he's basically been throwing multiple touchdowns a game um, I will say if you play in a league like our home league where you get penalized severely for like sacks and interceptions, uh, maybe not the guy you want, but more in more of a standard PPR league um, where you don't get penalized so harshly for that. Um, I think he's going to be a really good pickup. Um, you look at a schedule while it's not like the easiest schedule in the world. It's it's definitely uh, beatable. He's got a tough one coming up this week against San Francisco. So I, I don't know that I'd start him this week. But then the rest of the season, you got Indianapolis, you got Carolina twice, Atlanta, Green Bay, Jacksonville, New Orleans, all beatable teams. Uh, And he's got big players. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin. uh, He's got Kate Otten, who he loves to find in the end zone, apparently. Uh, So I I think there are a lot worse options. And this is a sneaky guy that's probably still on your waiver wire um, that you're not going to have to clamor to try to to you know spend your fab to get him you could probably just pick him up for free yeah i think i saw baker was rostered in about 30 percent of uh, of espn leagues for what that's worth that is kind of a good average i think to look at so yeah i think he's mm-hmm. widely available i do love him as a streaming option at worst yeah uh, and yeah i guess he he's not he, he doesn't even have to bounce back as much as i thought he did because he's been okay up until this point but I would love to see us get the stretch of dangerous Baker Mayfield uh, that we had mm-hmm. for such a brief and fleeting time in fantasy <laughs> his rookie season. So if we can get anywhere close to that, I'll be psyched. Yeah. Maybe not as psyched as I will be for this guy, though. I got to be honest. This is the guy. Here's a guy, uh, as Chris Collinsworth would say, that has had some doubters. <laughs> This season because of the injuries. Yeah. So what please we've tell me more, because this is someone I was very high on. I have him on my fantasy squad, so yeah. please tell me how he's going to help me win a championship. 
I'd love to. I'd love to. I'm talking about Javante Williams for our listeners, by the way. And I want to point out, I actually had Javante in the show sheet, ready to go, even before Monday Night Football, where we saw him uh, achieve over 100 Mm -hmm. scrimmage yards and that nice touchdown as well. Uh, I think maybe the secret's out of the bag a little bit more now. But in the last three games, the dude's really been on fire from just a compiling standpoint. He's mm-hmm. not a super efficient guy, but he gets so many opportunities. He compiles points for you. He's had just under or at 100 scrimmage yards in each of the last three games, but it's the usage. They're not worried about this guy at all. The the previous games, you know, early in the season where it's like, hey, let's give him eight carries. We'll throw him a couple of targets and ease him back in. Even though I think he looked way better than anybody expected him to early in the season mm-hmm. coming off that injury. When we compare back to previous years of other running backs with similar injuries like J.K. Dobbins, folks like that. I actually think he started the season better than he even should have. But for fantasy, he wasn't really delivering until the last two to three weeks. And the schedule is nothing to be that scared of. Week 16 against the Lions. It's not great. But it's not the Niners. Every other matchup is at least a medium to plus matchup in his favor. And they're just going to keep feeding him. The Broncos are on a tear right now winning games. So there's no (laughs) reason for them to to ease off of Javante Williams Mm -hmm. while he's helping them do that. Yeah, I love to hear that. And I think, you know, we all knew going into the season, you know, we heard the reports coming out of training camp. You know, he didn't have any restrictions. Um, but I think we all knew in our heart of hearts, it was going to be a slow start to the season. You know, it, regardless if you're full speed or not, you know, you hear athletes say all the time, I just didn't trust it. It took me a while to, to trust my knee again or, you know, whatever, you know, the injured body part was. So I think now, yeah, we're seeing him that he's finally starting to trust it. The Broncos obviously trust them, uh, or trust him, uh, cause since they're giving them the, the volume, I really want to see his efficiency get better. I don't know if that's going to happen just because, you know, Denver's offensive line isn't the greatest out there. So I, I, I would like to see him rip off some big runs and become more efficient. But the fact that he's getting the volume uh, and he has been involved in the passing game as well uh, makes me happy. As it should. As it should. You take the good with the bad. And that's the facts of life. All right. (laughs) All right. Uh, I will continue with the running backs here. Um, Now, I have Alexander Madison uh, down here, and this is assuming, you know, I know we kind of touched on it a little bit here when we were talking about news with Michael Carter. Um, Assuming he does not get signed, I think Alexander Madison is a smash the rest of the season uh, when you're looking at running backs because he is the guy that basically has the backfield to himself. You know, Ty Chandler, CJ Ham, like these guys are not going to command a lot of rushes in this offense. Um, and I think, too, you know, they have Josh Dobbs. They're not going to be quite as pass heavy as they were with Kirk Cousins. Um, I think just to try to protect him a little bit, especially in the next couple of weeks as he's still learning the playbook and getting familiar with his wide receivers and and, and the offense itself. So. Um, I know Madison went out last week with an injury, but it doesn't sound like it's too severe. He should be back this week. 
Um, and, and I think for the rest of the season, I mean, you're, you're looking at a guy that has well underperformed so far. And part of that was due to Cam Akers coming on board. Once we saw Cam Akers get signed, uh, get a little bit familiar with the offense, you saw that it was more of a split backfield. Um, so now that that's gone, he's got the workload, he's got the volume, which is all we really want in fantasy, especially with running backs. We want that volume, just like you were saying with Javante. Um, Alexander Madison is that guy too. Uh, and you just got to hope that he just continues to get the volume and, and falls into the end zone to get you those fantasy points, uh, which I think he can do. And so that's why I picked him for my rest of the season running back. I like it. And I would even say, even if Michael Carter does sign with them, let's say I- I'm still not that uh, worried. I'm not pulling back that much on Alexander Madison. I would just, you know, say that relegates Ty Chandler to the sidelines and right. Alexander Madison's going to maintain the the higher volume there. You know, unlike Cam Akers coming in and sneaking away those touches, uh, I like Carter. I just don't like him that much. So I think that that one, I don't want to say bulletproof, but it feels pretty good regardless. <laughs> well, uh, thank you. I also won't say that T. Higgins is bulletproof, but what I will say about T. Higgins, who's my wide receiver selection, is that it can't get much worse uh, than what we saw early on in the season from T. Higgins. To his benefit, it was a lot to do with injury early on. We saw a massive blow-up game against Baltimore in Week 2. A lot of folks who drafted him were expecting this change-off between him and Jamar Chase, kind of like an A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith situation, Mm -hmm. or Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, whatever you want to say. We expected a little bit more back and forth. And the injury just, it zapped him. And then he's dropping every pass that comes his way in the middle of the season. And if you rostered T. Higgins and watched the Bengals actually play those games, I can't imagine the level of frustration. Uh, the good news, however, is that before this most recent injury that kept him out of Week 10, we saw him get back to that. We saw him get back in Week 9 against Buffalo to being that guy. You know, nine targets, eight receptions, 110 yards. That's the T. Higgins that can show up in your stat sheet quite often. Uh, Not as often as Jamar Chase. I'll grant you that. But it can happen often. So once he comes back, now I do not expect him to play this upcoming Thursday night football. It looks like he is doubtful for that. Which, in my book, Fine. Good. Keep him out on the short week. Let him get an extra mm-hmm. few days of recovery before you send him back in. So that way we have him nice and fresh for the stretch here. But there there aren't any bad, bad matchups coming for T. Higgins that I can see here on this list. Um, again, I don't want to overstate things with injuries, but Jamar Chase is also dealing with a back injury that could flare up literally at any time down the road. So. If that were to happen and T. Higgins is active and Jamar Chase is not for whatever reason, you've been gifted essentially a top six wide receiver for those weeks. But even if that doesn't happen, uh, I'm super in on T. Higgins. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I see we have a question in the chat, but let's uh, finish up the wide receiver discussion here uh, before we get to our our question in the chat. Um, So mine is uh, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, He's my wide receiver here. Um, can't even say it's a homer pick. Um, 
you, you know, sure we love can. our Green Bay Packers. But um, since the bye in week six, um, he's been averaging like seven targets a game. Uh, he's had three touchdowns in the four games since then. And he's been um, finished um, in the nine games he's played in. He's finished five of them within the top 30. Now, we're not talking a high-end wide receiver here by any means, but this is a guy you can plug into your lineup um, as a flex play and for bi-week fill-ins, um, and he's going to be scoring you points. I think what we've seen over the last few weeks here is that um, he is becoming Jordan Love's kind of de facto wide receiver one on this team. Uh, Christian Watson, for whatever reason, him and Love just aren't clicking uh, and Dobbs seems to be the guy that he looks for, especially towards the end zone right now. Um, so, and that's what I really like. I know the scoring opportunities in Green Bay aren't as prolific as we'd like to see, but when they do get down there, it seems like they're immediately trying to get Dobbs the ball. Um, so, as as the season goes on here, I expect him to become even more and more involved as as Love is uh, becoming more and more comfortable with him and kind of relying on him. Um, so just given all that, that's why I like, um, consolation just to throw it out there for you, Jake, I thought about throwing Jaden Reed on here, uh, because he has been flashing the last few weeks too. But ultimately I said, you know, Dobbs is, is, is it, he is this, the wide receiver one for this team right now. And to get him, to be able to get him so cheaply, um, uh, where, where he's at right now, um, I, I just think it's a no brainer. Yeah, I like Dobbs. He has the most consistent hands by far out of that group and the most consistent fantasy production out of that group. You're expecting double-digit fantasy points every time. His ceiling mm-hmm. is maybe not the moon, you know, but you can reasonably expect between 10 to 16 fantasy points every single week. You do need guys like that in your lineup yep. down the stretch here, so I agree with that. All right, let's get over to this. Let's get over into the comments here. Let's talk to Joe. Joe wants to know, should I trade Swift and Brees Hall for Jamar Chase? We were just talking about him. They would still have White, Henry, and A-Chan in the lineup or on the roster. I'll be honest. I, I look at this initially, and it it feels borderline like an overpay. Uh, I love Jamar Chase. Absolutely love Jamar Chase. I'd be curious to know who your wide receivers are, Joe. It's probably my affinity for Brees Hall that is making me say that, by the way. I know the last (laughs) couple of weeks, it hasn't been good for him. So many of his big plays have gotten pulled back by by flags, though, uh, by penalties. In the previous three weeks, he was a top five running back consistently. And it feels like he's always been on the verge of being a top five running back, even when he isn't. So I don't love giving him up. Personally, Dustin, I'd love to hear your thoughts about trading out Henry in uh, uh, Brees' place and doing DeAndre Swift and Derrick Henry to see if the other person would be open to that. What do you think? Um. I would I would try that. I think that's an interesting move. Um only because with Brees you have um the the PPR upside and I'm assuming this is a PPR league. Oh yeah, Joe here in the chat says um only really have Puka drafted Watson in the 4th round full PPR. Um so I understand why you want to make this move. Yeah, I would try to maybe do Henry instead. 
um, just to keep Reese for the PPR aspect of it. Um, but I, unlike you, Jake, I don't know that it's an overpay. I'm not the biggest Swift fan. Um, I do love Brees. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, Rashad White's having a great season, um, which I did not expect. I will fully admit I missed on that one. Um, Henry's doing okay. He's not vintage Henry at this point, but he's still being reliable and giving you points. And as we uh, talked about at the top of the show, A-Chan going to be coming back soon. Hopefully he gets that lead role right out of the gate and uh, continues to give you those electric plays. So I, I like that depth that you have there and to get an elite wide receiver when, you know, if you don't really have a lot of wide receiver depth, um, I don't mind it. Yeah, maybe it's a slight overpay, but I, I think like you said, Jake, I'd try to do Henry and Swift first to see if they'll accept that. And then if not, then maybe go for Brees. Yeah, given that context, though, where it's Puka Nakua as presumably your top wide receiver and then all the way down to Christian Watson as your next guy, I I no longer consider this an overpay. I consider this the price of doing business in your league at that point. So I would be open to either combination of that trade now at this point. And by the way, since you are doing a two-for-one trade now, you will free yourself up another spot for potentially a different wide receiver to pick up. Might I suggest... Romeo Dobbs, if he's still out there, if he's not still out there, look at Josh Downs or Demario Douglas, one of those guys to fill in the gaps for you. All right. Another one just came in here, Jake, on the chat. Should I drop Pacheco for Gibbs or keep Pacheco? I'm curious. So a drop. So this isn't a trade situation. So Gibbs is actually out on waivers, which is uh, mind boggling. I would hope that there's somebody outside of Pacheco that you could drop. Um, I know the last couple of weeks has been rough for him prior to his buy as well, but I expect him to get going quite a bit down the stretch here as well. But if there's not, it is a coin flip. I think that Gibbs has definitely earned a lot more usage going forward than what we mm-hmm. saw earlier in the season. But I also don't think that we should be expecting the last two weeks of production that we got from Gibbs either. I think Pacheco will be the more consistent guy, whereas Gibbs probably has spikier weeks for you. Uh, so, Dustin, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I it, it is a toss-up, but I, I think I would take Gibbs... Um, just because we've seen what his ceiling is on any given week. And like you said, Montgomery coming back, he's going to dig into some of that usage. But Pacheco, yeah, he's been somewhat consistent, but I don't feel like there's a giant ceiling there for him in that offense. They're, they're a pass-first team um, that uses the run just to kind of supplement the pass game. Um, so that's why I would lean Gibbs in this situation. Totally fair. I can easily be swayed by that argument. Let's do that, Snag2K. All right, let's uh, move over uh, back to our tight ends here. Let's finish up our segment, and then we can hit some more questions in the chat here. So, Jake, who is your tight end that you want the rest of the season here? The rest of season bounce back is coming for a rookie tight end out of Green Bay. I'll call this one a homer pick. Look, it feels bad to have two Packers back-to-back in these spots a little bit, I got to admit. But what team could possibly bounce back more than them? I'd love to hear it. Uh, Luke Musgrave, for what it's worth, 
we didn't see anything early on outside of a big play in a game. And now we were just left twiddling our thumbs with them. To be fair, we were left twiddling our thumbs on a lot of pieces in this Packers offense. What I like about Luke Musgrave recently, however, is not just that he's been putting up, you know, 50-yard games here back to back to back, which, you know, outside of the top cluster of tight ends, that's actually pretty good uh, for that position group. But what I really like is the connection that Jordan Love is finally starting to establish. So you mentioned Romeo Dobbs being the guy for him, which is still absolutely true. Luke Musgrave has become this down the seam, you know, big play down the middle guy that they don't get anywhere else. They don't really have big play guys outside of Jaden Reed at this moment. So he's been needed a lot more. They've thankfully been using him a lot more and he's been overthrown a lot less recently. So if those things can all continue, Luke Musgrave at the very least is a solid streaming option for you. If you don't have one of those elite tight ends, uh, personally, I'd absolutely be attacking your tight end bounce back here above Luke Musgrave. But I do feel I, I leaned into the bounce back aspect of this one hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll admit my my tight end, um, he is within the top 10 right now. So it's not like this guy, you know, people people know the name. They shouldn't be surprised. But the trajectory he's been on the last few weeks, um, I really like the way he's going. And we're talking about Jake Ferguson here. Um, over the last few weeks, he's he's gotten three touchdowns in the last three weeks, which you love to see. Uh, and he's finished well within the top ten. Um, but what I like this, what I really like is he's been getting the targets. This just hasn't been like, oh, he's gotten targeted three times, and one of those happened to be in the end zone for like five yards. Um, <laughs> burger alert. I like that. Thanks, Dave. That made me chuckle. Um, <laughs> but, um, the fact that he is being looked at in the red zone and the Dallas offense has been on fire lately. So if Dak continues to do what he does, um, CD's been doing his things, um, which draws defenses away from the ancillary receiving options on the field. Well, that opens things up for Jake Ferguson. Um, and like I said, at this point, when you're looking for tight ends, because we're not just talking about the top two or three here, you're looking for guys that have that tight end, tight end, touchdown upside to them, which obviously he does as long as this Dallas offense or the passing offense keeps playing the way it has these last few games. Um, he should be well within the top 10, even top five uh, moving forward. Yeah, I think he's right outside of the top guys for me. Obviously, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, you know, those Mm -hmm. guys are in their own tier. You've got guys like Sam Laporta, Dalton Kincaid. And then I think Jake Ferguson is kind of next up in the list because he is, as friend of the show, Andrew Cooper always says, he's the second target on his own team as a tight end. That's vital for consistency. And like you said, outside of CeeDee Lamb, it's Jakey Ferg's baby. And uh, Tony Pollard doing his part to buoy Jake Ferguson's value by (laughs) remaining uninvolved in the passing game. So thank you for your service, Tony Pollard, on that respect. All right, what do you say we hop back on over? Uh, Let's talk to Uncle Baby Billy in the chat, who is in a keeper league. Team is 6-4. and 
they have Trevor Lawrence, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, T. Higgins, and Chris Godwin. Earlier this season, they had Stevenson and traded him in a second round pick. This is Dynasty, obviously. Uh, Keeper, excuse me. For Cooper Cup. And then traded away Cooper Cup. Uh, and here's the continuation of this, by the way. For Adams and Dallas Goddard. This is a whole big, this is a whole big thing, but I think let's cut to the chase, Uncle yep. Baby Billy. All right. The chase is they don't trust Trevor Lawrence, but they were offered a trade for Henry with a fourth, and they offered Lamar Jackson and an eight. So here's what it would be: Lamar Jackson, eighth round pick, versus their Trevor Lawrence, Derrick Henry, and a fourth round pick. So they say, I know it's a lot, but Lamar Jackson is a keeper. Should I do that trade? I think if we can boil this down, if I may, Dustin, it's Trevor Lawrence versus Lamar Jackson. How big is the rest of the season gap for these two players for you? Um, I would personally take Lamar. Um, I love that rushing upside that he he offers. Um, we've seen some big plays out of him with his arm as well. You know, we've seen OBJ get involved. We've seen uh, Zay Flowers have his games. Bateman has come alive here and there. So, um, well, and obviously with Andrews, you know, he is, he is the number one target on that team. So I, I would take LJ. Uh, I'll be honest, I don't do a lot of keeper leagues. So uh, doing the math on, on the rounds and everything is a little outside my, my expertise here. But I feel like that's a pretty fair offer. Um, Henry, we don't know how much longer he's going to play outside of this season. Uh, maybe a year or two. Uh, we've seen his usage go down. Was he? I think I just looked, he was 12th uh, overall for running backs which is a far cry from what we've seen out of him in previous years where he's been healthy. So, you know, we're seeing a little bit of that decline finally with Derrick Henry. Um, so I think that's probably a fair offer to get LJ um, and, and to have him as a keeper. So if you're not trusting T-Law, I would probably take that trade. <sighs> Struggle, because I do believe better things on the horizon for Trevor Lawrence. Very inconsistent this season. Hey, Very you know difficult. me, T-Law. I love T-Law. He's, he's mm-hmm. one of my boys. That whole offense, I, I love the Jags. But like I said, if, if you just don't trust him, that, that's, that's the move I would make. I don't know. I was talking earlier in the show about how I'd rather have Kyler Murray in my lineups the rest of this season above Lamar Jackson. It's because I don't trust Lamar Jackson, not the player, but him within the confines of that current offense not always going to be a Lamar Jackson game you know they are going to utilize those running backs a whole lot on that team Keaton Mitchell coming out of nowhere you know vulturing away all of those those high uh, upside runs that you would typically get from Jackson I mean thinking long term yeah I think I would still rather have uh, Lamar Jackson plus but you're taking a pretty big hit going from the fourth to an eighth here in those rounds. That's my biggest problem with it. I don't think that Lamar Jackson presents enough upside the rest of this season to go all in on it this way. But if you think this is the move that puts you over the top, we always say do what you have to, to get a championship. So Mm -hmm. I'm fine with it, but I don't love it. 
All right, we got one more here, Jake. Um, this is from Rust Maniac. I think trading Barkley for Cup is a good trade. He has uh, CMC, Achan, Barkley, and Walker. Needs wide receiver help. Um, he's got Godwin, Waddle, Higgins, and Judy. What do you think? I like it. I'm not a big uh, Barkley believer for the rest of the season because of their offense. The offensive situation is bad. He'll get plenty of volume. I don't doubt that at all. But you have so much depth at running back right now. I don't want Barkley in my lineup above CMC, above A-Chan. You'd probably have to go back and forth between him and Walker most weeks. Whereas, you know, Waddle's lineup every single week, but the rest of your wide receiver depth probably needs a little bit of a boost. So I would make this trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, so we are in complete alignment there, Jake. Woo! Look at us. All right, let's let's hit one more. Um, this is from Evan. I got two trades on the table for Saquon. We got Tank Dell and David Montgomery, or James Cook and Debo. Uh, their other wide receivers are Swift, Warren, and Hunt, and wide receivers are CD, D Hop, Ridley, Gabe Davis. Would you accept either of those? And if yes, which one do you do you prefer? Again, I'm okay with moving away from Saquon Barkley at this time. I think that's a, a fair thing to do. You know how much I love Tank Dell. You know I love Tank Dell. And Dave Montgomery, I do think, is going to get himself back to being a fringe top 12 guy in most weeks. I do not want James Cook. So I I think I would rather maybe even have Debo above Tank Dell at this point. And I love Tank, but Debo is just... He's everywhere now. He's more involved than I thought he would be. But I would rather do Tank Dell and David Montgomery, and I would make that trade. Yep, I am exactly in the same boat as you. I'd take Tank Dell and David Montgomery um, if I had to choose one of those two uh, trades. I don't believe in uh, James Cook at all. And Debo, I'm not confident that that's going to last. I know he's looked better, but I, I still just don't believe him 100%. So... I would take that first trade offer um, if you want to accept one of those. Good us. Lock, step in it. That's right. All right, Jake, let's move on to our starts of the week here. Um, last week, you had Marquise Brown versus Atlanta. Um, going with Kyler coming back there, and the connection just wasn't there. Had 3.8 points. Um, I took Aaron Jones against uh, vulnerable Pittsburgh defense. Did okay, not great. Had 9.4, so just under that you know, double-digit threshold we like to see. Um, so a little disappointing for both of us there, but I feel like with our picks we have this week, we will be back on track. So, Jake, why don't you tell the folks out there who you have for your start this week? Coming back strong, all right? And I'm coming back with this guarantee. If this Ooh. start of the week does not score double-digit fantasy points, I will be coming right back here next week. And I will be taking a shot for you, the listeners slash viewers. I will be paying off my debt to you if this one does not hit. That's how much I believe in Christian Kirk. That's Ooh. also how much I just believe that we should be hitting these a lot harder than we have in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Christian Kirk gets to go against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, is it about the matchup? Not really, but it is a plus matchup. Tennessee typically not beaten on the ground uh, if you remove that Pittsburgh game from a couple of weeks ago. So it is up to the wide receivers to kind of hold courts typically. 
And that's what I expect out of Christian Kirk, who has, by the way, outside of week one, where we thought the sky was falling, or I thought the sky was (laughs) falling on Christian Kirk, he's only scored fewer than 14 fantasy points once. That was in week eight. He is the definition of consistency for Mm -hmm. wide receivers. I know that people are dying for any form of consistency in their lineups. Put him in there, then balance him out with those upside guys who, you know, maybe they can score 30 or get you two, but at least you have a baseline here with Kirk. Yeah, yeah, he's having a very under-the-radar season this year, um, and I really like that one, Jake. Uh, mine for this week is Devin Singletary going against Arizona. Um, he is taking over that backfield. Um, Houston is... While very pass heavy, um, they still do like to run the ball just to help balance things a little bit. Um, so yeah, with, with Damian Pierce just not really being a part of the picture right now, uh, I think Devin Singletary is probably the best play you can get here. Um, interesting though, I, I did have Brees Hall in there initially. Um, uh, this was before I saw that Michael Carter was traded. I, I, I had that in there earlier this afternoon and I was just like, that just seems like a gimme. I don't want to do a gimme necessarily. I agree. Because um, he has a really nice matchup this week, but um, I want to go a little bit tougher on myself. So um, that's why I went with Singletary. Also, I thought you were just going to put a jinx on me again by listing Brees Hall as your start of the week because I've got him in our <laughs> home league. Last time you did that, it did not bode well for me. So I appreciate you leaving me out of it. <laughs> All right, Anything now it you, is your Jake. turn. It is your turn to choose this week's shot bet. So what have you come up with here? So, yeah, I I blanked it out on the show sheet because I didn't want you to have any forewarning here um, Mm -hmm. on what it was, even though I know you could easily take a look at it if you really wanted to. But I've got um, Najee Harris going against Jerome Ford in a head-to-head matchup, AFC North battle um, with the running backs. Uh, I don't want to be fooled here by Najee Harris recently. Um, I will say they came out and, and Coach Tomlin said that last week, apparently Jalen Warren was the official starter. Didn't really look that way in the game script, but mm-hmm. for what it's worth, that's what was said. I will never take the side of a Pittsburgh running back if I do not have to. So I'm going to go with Jerome Ford. All righty. Ready for this. Ready for you to hope in the show sheet. It is locked in. All right. Well, Jake, um, looks like we've answered everything in the chat here. Um, Any final thoughts here before we sign off this evening? One thought, like we've been talking about, we're super close to the fantasy playoffs. If you are on the fringes at all, we're just not sure of something, use up every dollar of fab that you have. Do not be afraid to use your waiver priority. Go get whatever you think is going to help you off of waivers right now. Do not be shy. This is not the time for it. That's right. And, and you know, take a look at uh, some of the teams that, you know, are not going to make the playoffs that are, you know, fighting for the toilet bowl position right now uh, and throw out some trades for some players there. You never know. Maybe they'll bite on that, uh, especially in Dynasty. You know, if if they have players that are scoring points that they don't want it because they want the high draft pick, you might be able to get some uh, players on the relative cheap uh, that will help you, you know, get that push into the playoffs. And as we say every year, all you have to do is make the playoffs, 
because you never know what's going to happen once you're in. Then it's the Wild West. Um, I did it myself a handful of years ago. I squeaked in as the number six seed, ended up taking the championship. So it does happen. Uh, and that that's all you need is just that the little slim chance. So, um, yeah, go hit up, hit up those losers in your league that uh, aren't uh, performing very well and see if you can get some players there. Um, otherwise, we've got four teams on by this week. We've got Atlanta, Indianapolis, New England and New Orleans. Um, so, you know, don't start any of those players uh, because you will not score any points, which is the opposite of what we want in fantasy. Um, as always, folks, um, you know, thank you to everyone that joined us in the chat here tonight uh, with their questions. Um, that's what we're here for. We're here to answer all your questions. Um, hit us up outside of the live stream here if you so choose and you want more questions answered. Hit our handle up uh, for the podcast itself at Drinking Fantasy. I uh, hit my partner up at Jake Trowbridge, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And as always, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Thank you.